is Yadu from the south side of India and welcome to Machan vs. the World podcast. I've been lucky enough to be studying at a university in Moscow with students from across the world. I want to use this opportunity to learn more about the different peoples through their stories. Join me on this journey across the world through stories told by the people that have lived them. With me, you're Machan. That means bro in South Indian languages. I hope you learned something new with me today. Hello everybody, we are back and this time we are going to a country which I've been wanting to do for a really really long time and the history of this place was completely unknown to me until recently how gigantic and fascinating it is. It is in Africa, it's near the Horn of Africa, we are going to do Ethiopia this time and with me is Deborah from Ethiopia. Deborah, welcome. Ah, uh, thank you, Adu. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah and I recently met through Brian in the library. She she is you are a permanent member of the library, aren't you? Not really, but I came occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> no, you come more occasionally. You come more occasionally than most people. <laughs> yeah, these days, yes. Yeah. And uh the thing is like most of the people i invite for my podcast are like people from the, the library, library that i meet <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of funny but most of the people who do spend time in the library have like really fascinating stories to talk about yeah. and they're from really interesting countries and i know you're the same yeah my friends they all come to the library so i also <laughs> join them like in the library right and you are a master student in international relations same as daniel our iran episode was and you have been in russia for almost 2 years now if i'm yeah, not mistaken almost and how has it been tibora your russia. experience of learning international relations in russia um russia okay russia by itself is nice but like covid started last oh, yeah, year so that's true. i spent most of my time indoor me too yeah <laughs> I, like i was taking my classes indoor and yeah taking international relations like i have said told you my um my bachelor was in electrical engineering so it was natural science and then, yeah and that's then, quite interesting yeah and then i directly shifted into international relations and it was history and politics at first it was like i was confused at first <laughs> i was i mean i was supposed to read a lot of books and then listen to news and then this things to know right about what is going on in the world yeah it, but yeah it is a nice experience and i'm very jealous of your class because <laughs> your class is so diverse my class for example i'm the only international everyone else is russian we have one yeah. ukrainian girl one and it's very homogenized but your class you have iran ethiopia south africa where else namibia uh-huh. zambia um philippine oh yeah philippines indonesia kuwait wow we we used to have exchange students from italy france wow uh, we do have from sri lanka yeah dude that's a that's and an amazing tunisia wow wow that's interesting dude you have such an amazingly diverse class and i i'm like kind of in envy of the diversity you have in your class because mine is very homogenized and how has that helped you while you were learning international relations 
it it is nice like it it makes the class to be like more interesting because when you see things for example we are from different uh, continents so uh, when you see things you don't only focus on one thing uh, according to like one uh, country point of view mm. you have to see it like within different type of views like within different countries the things are like different right so like when for example if, when we are talking about energy or policy you do that you do you do see them like differently right so like every country have their own view point of view yeah so like we used to go and then the even the our teachers uh, most of the time they have to be like you know uh, they don't say things just because they feel it because maybe some countries will be against this right. so like they have to watch out for what they're saying Dude. exactly and then sometimes they have to say things that is happening so they say it like i'm sorry but like it is like this <laughs> yes yeah, so dude nice. that would be a really nice environment yeah it was like uh the online thing makes the like legal, yeah yeah i agree but like not but that but of course the online thing was like we were also communicating but like not as a physical exactly class. like you exactly. you have a time for the tea time like just to talk, talk to each other yeah talk about the culture no we, we don't we didn't have that time but like during we only have one semester for our like in our classroom exactly and, me too, yeah. me too. <laughs> and, uh, but that time was great we you know we were trying different foods mm. <laughs> from different countries we were trying trying to talk about the cultures and right. things yeah and i think it's like a very ruden thing Class, where yeah. you can get so many different people from so many different countries together in one room and you learning in english yes and uh, i think from a Russian, I, I have two opinions on that. One is that if you don't practice Russian enough, you kind of, the whole Russian experience, you I think you might a little bit miss out on it because you know how Russians are. They prefer to communicate in Russian more. But since it's in English, all the internationals are able to express their thoughts and ideas much better than if it would have been in Russian. And that just adds to the richness of the discussion. And I think that would, that just makes it more cool. Honestly, I would like, I want to do one semester in your class if it's possible. Because <laughs> it's such an interesting group of people. And the things you guys talk about are also very interesting too. Yeah. Um, politics is an interesting thing to talk. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah. Boy, yes, it is like, it's called a dirty game, but... Still, it is a good thing to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what drove you into international relationships, especially since you're coming from a natural science background, which you were studying electrical engineering, yes. if I'm not mistaken. So, what drove you to that? And what drove you to Russia, too? Oh, okay, I came to Russia because my parents, because of my parents, like, my dad came here for a job. Mm-hmm. He's a... So... I came with them. And what drove me to study international relations? Uh, okay, before, like, uh, I mean, from my childhood, I want to be, like, a leader. Mm. And then I want to change some things, like, in our country, like, the, for example, the, the, our policy of education, our policies, are, uh, which focuses on women and children, those things. I want to work on the, those areas. So, yeah. Uh, and then when I get here, like, I got the access to 
that department mm. and then uh, so okay so like we that. will f- we will get to the policy changes that you have in mind later in the podcast mm-hmm. and um, f- before we get to the country like your parents are also diplomats yes my dad is a diplomat and they work in the ethiopian embassy in yes russia uh, so you have how do you say lineage you have <laughs> um you have someone who actually works in the field and you have something to look up to yes mm. That's yeah and then my dad uh he really loves his country so much he loves russia uh he no he loves his country so much i mean, you mean he ethiopia. loves ethiopia and ah. he also loves russia so much because he he was here he did his bachelor and masters in russia in Berlin? when he was no during his time it was ussr uh-huh so he did in tashkent i didn't tashkent ah yeah, okay tashkent. Yeah, and then, you know, even from childhood, he used to talk, to, to tell us about well, oh. how he's been here, how Russia is, and... And, that, and he speaks... We were, we, yeah. He speaks Russian, yeah, too, already. Russian. Wow. So we were so interested, like, to see how Russia looks like, so... Mm. But, yeah, <laughs> and then this time came, and then we came here, uh, so... Um, this is nice, and then he he actually uh really worked hard for his country. So yeah, uh, growing up while looking up to him mm. makes me like to kind of take a part in our uh, this government um places to to do more for the country. Right. Yeah. Dude, that's really that's super cool, and. First, I assumed, like, you're not the first Ethiopian girl I met. I know one more Ethiopian girl, named Els Elisabetta. Ellie, if you're listening, hi. So, I actually thought, like, Ethiopians, Ethiopia w- was, like, colonized by England because you guys speak English so well. But that is as further away from the truth as it can be because Ethiopia was the only nation... in Africa not to be colonized if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and still you guys speak amazing english how <laughs> it's just because we went to school and then we kind of have like subjects in english right, so you learn all your subjects in english i mean uh, you learn no. maths in english no 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 oh you just have english as a language subject <laughs> yes as language subject and when we reach uh grade 7 that's when everything start changing to english oh yeah and then in our country the learning system is like accord um it depends on the regions yeah yeah so like and then the policy also depends on, on the which region. yeah so for example me i came from the capital city okay i used to live in Addis Addis Ababa. Ababa. yeah mm-hmm. and then i also go to private school mm-hmm. so in private school we used to learn english like from childhood mm. and then so uh you know for us it is more easier to get used to it than for those who went to the government school oh. but even for them they start learning all subjects in english from grade 7 oh. and if you go to the regions some regions they started at 5 fifth okay. grade some regions they started from ninth grade oh. so it depends ah uh, that's interesting but english is a priority teaching english to young children uh uh i sorry Cool. <laughs> I, I can't say like a priority because uh um, it is given lots of subject mm. uh 
Yeah, so yeah, compared to like compared to other international languages, yes, English mm. is the one which is given. But we do have also schools like who which teach French, mm. and then to, if you go to those schools, the kids speaks French. Wow. <laughs> and then we also have like Russian kids who go to there's um, in the embassy we do have a Russian, a Russian school, school. Uh. so. If you go there, they'll speak Russian. Russian. Dude, that's super cool. So, I do this for all African countries because, um, at least from my perspective, my African geography is really bad. So, let's locate Ethiopia on a map. Who are your neighbors? Ah, uh, okay. Our neighbors, uh, we do have Sudan, we do have Kenya, we do have uh, Djibouti. Eritrea, mm-hmm. uh, these are this these are like mainly our neighbors. Okay, and and Somalia too. Yes, Somalia. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot the most. Somalia. Yeah, because. <laughs> 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 and then the. And South Sudan. Yeah, the amazing thing is, um, we, I mean, before like one hundred something years, Djibouti, Eritrea, and Ethiopia was one country. Mm. Who were called like as one country Ethiopia. okay and uh, before a long ago even that like Ethiopia was vast so Somalia was, was also yeah ah. also they were our part so okay so this would be in the horn near the horn of Africa yes in the horn of Africa and on the other side is like Yemen and Saudi Arabia yes okay so this geography is really important we will come back to that so you are from the capital of Addis Ababa. The capital of Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. Yeah, capital of Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. Yeah. So, tell us about the city. What's cool about Addis Ababa? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Addis Ababa, when I begin from the name, um, we used to have a king who, who was called King Minilik. Mm. And then um, he's actually our great king who fight italians ah oh yeah 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 and then his wife is the one who found the city addis ababa uh, so it's it's, it's it, mean uh, uh, what does it mean the meaning means new flower oh and then flower. when they come to that place she found a new flower that's uh-huh. how she called the place addis, addis ababa so it's a new city relatively it was only mm. during the uh, after the italians which is in 1942-45 around that time this city is, was formed it is called i mean it's called addis ababa like, during the mini lake time uh we call her Tege, like queen taitu is the one who called it addis ababa who gave it the name it existed before ah okay but, like, oh, but the name yeah okay. ah okay i understood and Ethiopia is also landlocked. It doesn't have a sea border. Yes. And I believe Ethiopia is the largest by population landlocked sovereign entity in the world. <laughs> Thank you, Geography <laughs> Now, for that. And that, that, that and that's one, one other feature of Ethiopia, which we would, in, in this conversation, we would touch upon that. The geography and the landlockedness yeah. would be important factors in that. But thing is, my conversation with a lot of Africans in Ruden, all of them have a lot of good things to say about Ethiopia. A lot of, how do you say, respect, prestige. <laughs> what, what as an Ethiopian, what do you think is the reason why the rest of Africa kind of keeps Ethiopia in high regard? 
Uh, I I will say like for uh, us not being colonized. That's an important point. Yeah, yes. and then the second thing is, uh, African Union is also born <laughs> in mm. Addis, and that we have it there. The headquarters. So, yes, the mm. headquarters, and then, um, we used. I mean, we used to support others to come out of like colonialism, ah. and then we do have also our peacekeepers in different places. Oh, in different conflicts on Africa. Yes. And then uh, it is also old, a country like with old history, with mm. more than 3,000 history. I think that's why. Mm. I kind of think so. So, yeah, basically you covered all the points. Like, the history part is really important. And mm. the fact that it, I think, the most populous African country is Nigeria. Second is Ethiopia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll just um, check up on that. Because we're now, now this time we're 100 million. Yeah, 100 million. Uh, so that kind of makes it. Yeah, we are correct. First is Nigeria, second yeah. Ethiopia, third is Egypt. Mm-hmm. So that that's what caught my attention about Ethiopia. And then I met Ellie. And had a conversation with them. It was like, whoa, Ethiopia is like super, super interesting. And let's start with the history of Ethiopia. Because (laughs) you're going to spend a lot of time in this. Because unlike most countries, history goes really, really far. So one thing I noticed while interviewing African countries is that their history mainly focuses on the colonial period. And what comes afterwards. Mm -hmm. Pre-colonial period, most people are like, yeah, there were a few tribes, there were a few kingdoms, a few chiefs, but no particular emphasis or mm-hmm. uh, priorities given to that. But in the case of Ethiopia, it's the complete opposite. Your history goes back centuries. Yeah. So I let you. I let you do that. What? How would? How would you best describe the great and long history of Ethiopia? It's it's a difficult question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Where do we start? I I, I don't know. <laughs> but like um. Okay, l- let me just place a marker. So uh, as far as I know, Ethiopia's history goes back to biblical times. Yes. The Bible mentions um, Ethiopia. Yeah. The story of King Solomon and Queen of Sheba, mm-hmm. and. Even before that, like Ethiopian civilization existed with the Egyptian civilization parallelly yeah. throughout the Nile. So that is my, uh, how do you say, it? my impression of how ancient your history is. But you can add up onto mm-hmm. that. Yeah, as we start, like it is, uh, our our history is more than three thousand years, and even before the Israelites having King Saul, Saul. We used to have kings, and then um, we have. I mean, we used to have kings before Christ, and then we used, we ha- we also have kings after, after Christ. Christ. Yeah, and then uh, when we see the kings before Christ, uh, we can we 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 can also get like Queen uh, Queen Sheba. She was a ruler before Christ. So she was a ruler of Ethiopia. Yes, she was a queen of Ethiopia. Yes. Okay. She was a ruler, and the the thing that I like in our country is like even before we used to have queens. Mm. Uh, the the country was ruled by queens. It was not only by kings. Kings. Yeah, we used Ka- to have queens. Kind of like Cleopatra. Huh? Ka- Cleopatra in Egypt. Yeah, 
and then like that and then we used to have also a, a, a queen called Yodit Gudit okay yeah and then uh, that one was uh, Yodit Queen Yodit Gudit was no mostly known for her like she was a very courageous and then warrior ah, queen okay yeah so we used to have kings and then then our uh, so this was a kingdom. I just want to like differentiate between there's like my major different levels of um, political organization. There's like a chiefdom, and there's like a kingdom, and then there's like uh, different tribes. And I think in most other parts of Africa they were like chiefdoms, but mm-hmm. Ethiopian civilization was centralized and big to form a kingdom. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, it was it was like dynasties. Ah, okay. We used to call, for example, we used to have Aksumai dynasty. There was Solomonic dynasty. Mm. So, like, this uh, was about dynasties. Okay. Yeah. So, it was a big centralized uh, government yes. with a single king. What was the area of these? Like, modern Ethiopia or just parts of modern Ethiopia, these kingdoms. For example, let's take the Solomonic, Solomonic dynasties. Yeah, well, during the Solomonic dynasty, Ethiopia was so huge. Even bigger than right now? Yes. Ah, okay. Was bigger than right now. Very bigger than right now. <laughs> okay. So, like, um, the kings will be the main, the heads. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they used to have, like, other kings under them. Like governors or... Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, that one and then... And then it will continue like the the tribe leaders and right. all this. Yeah. Right. Okay. And where where do your history go on from there? Uh, okay. From the, from them then after Christ we also used to have kings, and then um, but with I mean the one which we say like uh, okay then first uh, our civilization was very high. But at some point, it starts to decline. Mm. And then after that, it starts again, like, you know, uh, our last, like, five, Menelik, Hylas Lassie, Menelik, Johannes, and Teros, they were, like, the four kings. It was, like, the modernization time. Okay. The modernization starts, you know, starts establishing in Ethiopia. Okay. And then also other relations start with Ethiopia, like other countries like Britain, Russia, mm. and Italian, this relationship has started during those times. Okay. During those four kings, like before them, yeah, we were we used to have relationship with other countries, but after, uh, during those four kings, like the relationship was uh, getting stronger, and then at the same time, it was the time where other. African countries were colonized. Right. And, this and why didn't Ethiopia get colonized? What made Ethiopia <laughs> immune to colonialism? Um, okay. Um, the thing is, like, before, we used to have uh, a king called Azetedros. Mm-hmm. And then him, he always was saying, like, as we have to, like, he really works to unite Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. He used to he he asked from the Britain to send him people who him the who will help him to to form this uh 
guns and then mm. and we call, to help uh, modernize his army yes and uh, we call it sebastopol there was like i don't know <laughs> i don't know how to call it in english we use we say it sebastopol it is an old instrument which which is like a tank Ah, a tongue. It's a tongue, but like, which is like that one. Okay. And then, um, he asked them to help him to work that one, and then they refused during that time. Okay. And then he he collected all the missionaries who were in Ethiopia, and then he put them in a prison. And then, um. I mean, the British missionaries. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. I kind of forgot what he exactly says like even during his time he says like this i know their their he used to say i know their politics they start from mm, um first missionary they <laughs> then they go to this and then after they come to colonize yeah so let's start from that one the last one that was <laughs> what he used to say and then if, if i may interject i did one more podcast today with mm-hmm. vietnam she said the same thing <laughs> where first the missionaries came in and then, like small businesses started setting mm-hmm. up, they created an incident, and then the military came in. So your king had the foresight to know what was happening. Yeah. Then he used he used to say like, no, let's start from the final one. Mm. He used to say that, and uh, he was a very courageous uh, man, uh, king. Sorry to say, <laughs> call him a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was a very courageous king. And then um, he collected all the missionaries and then he put them in a jail. Mm. So the British, they asked to they asked him to release them. But they, he was asking them, send me like educated people who can help me to build like more uh, stuff for the military. Mm. Then he told the prisoners to make that uh, instrument. So they, they make the one Sebastopol. Could you just type that in? I, I just want to see how that instrument looks yeah. like. Sebastopol. That's a city in California. It sounds like Sebastopol. Uh, yeah, but... Just type Ethiopia next to it. Just see what comes up. Is this a, one. Uh, it's like a cannon. Mm-hmm. Try typing Ethiopia near it. Okay. Maybe we'll open this. Oh, it's a mortar. Ah, okay. I kind of understand what it was. It's like a big mortar. Yeah, there it is. Mm, this one. Big mortar, yeah. This Sevastopol. One. Okay. And uh, so the so you're saying the missionaries build this? The missionaries who were arrested build this? Yes. Okay. There are some really <laughs> industrious missionaries. <laughs> yeah. Then the British they send armies to our country to fight with him. Mm. Yeah, then we, they fight, but he killed himself because he don't want to surrender. You mean the king? Yes. Oh, so the British actually was able to... No, we, we used to have like a good relationship though. Uh-huh. Even if he, even he arrested them, but like it was, the relationship was very peaceful and mm-hmm. diplomatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but because he arrested them, 
they send the army okay so, but because he said he was not going to give his heart he, he said i'm not going to surrender for british mm-hmm. so he killed himself uh-huh. and then he was dead at the battle of magdala so where is magdala located kandia de sababa no 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 it's not not this ah so uh, you saying like the british were able to like beat the army of ethiopia at that point of time um yeah but not for uh, colonies no, yeah just as a battle yes as a battle then other he killed himself then others came like king uh king johannes take over mm-hmm. then t- king johannes he continued and But, the british just left yes well, that's very un-british of them <laughs> <laughs> knowing from their behavior in back in india yeah even him he used to fight them even Johan as Johannes he used to fight mm. them and then um but like us and the british we were more you know we we were more diplomatic mm. we were not that aggressive okay kind of relationship no we were more diplomatic and um during as Johannes uh he the missionaries come came to our country they told him like they will preach the gospel mm. and then he was asking whom are you going to preach for i mean because we're christians we were already christians exactly. ethiopia was a christian country right and then he, he was like who are you going to preach for they said uh for jewish and for islams mm-hmm. in ethiopia mm-hmm. then he replied them god is one mm-hmm. we worship one god why do you come to ethiopia to preach for Jewish and Islam instead of going where their real country is Israel and Egypt and other Saudi Arabia so I, okay I didn't understand the argument could you repeat it please okay they told them they will preach the gospel for Muslims and Jewish, Jewish people okay. we used to have Jewish in our country you still have yeah yeah and then there are also Muslims in our country right and then they say they're going to preach it for them Then he 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 said like why do you he said we worship one god mm-hmm. like we worship one god and then why do you come to Ethiopia to preach for the Jewish and Islams in Ethiopia instead of going ah, and preaching in Saudi Arabia and and Israel ah, where the real country is okay i understand that so what which is that one god he was talking about what what did he mean by that no he was he was just saying like it was like yeah. a rhetorical yeah, statement he yeah, was making what the one god then after him uh was king um as Emmanuel king Emmanuel mm-hmm. so uh during his time the italians the italians uh, came that's uh so then they agreed with 20 articles it, it is called the witchali amendment witchali agreement okay it is called witchali agreement then the 70s agreement says ethiopia must communicate to other countries through italy Italy. Let's wind back. So, at this point of time, your neighbors of Somalia was Italian West East Africa. Somalia was like a proper colony of Italy, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And Eritrea too? Uh it is uh for Eritrea like they were our part. Mhm. Like but like our king for example, uh King Menelik of even Djibouti gave like Djibouti for Britain like for 99 years. Oh, so 
It is Hong Kong. The movie was Hong Kong <laughs> yeah, for Britain. Yeah, like that. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Eritrea. Yeah, Eritrea was Eritrea. also like that. He ah, just. I'm sorry. Came... Is it Eritrea or Eritrea? Eritrea. Eritrea. Sorry. Yeah. Eritrea. He he said like go and work there. It was not like just giving them the country or okay. colonizing the country. Right. But just he was giving them like to work in the country. Eritrea. Okay. So he gave it to the Italians or the English? Djibouti was for English. Okay. Uh, Eritrea was for Italian. Ah, uh, okay. And then the Italian invasion happened. Was it around World War Two, Mussolini time? Uh, during Mussolini, yeah. Ah. Uh, and then the Seventeenth Agreement was the one which causes this invent, like this problem. Uh, our king, he like, uh, he withdrew out the the agreement completely. Mm. He he. Uh, the seventies agreement because Italian was saying like you know that you have to do everything through us. Mm. First, our king was not understanding it that way, but like, uh, then he dismissed the agreement, so that makes them to come and try to colonize us. Mm. But we fight them at the Battle of Adua. Okay. So we fought with them, and. So the, I believe the English supported you. Uh, when we learn back home the history, we we don't say like that the British support us or not. Only Ethiopians were the one who were oh, fighting. Okay. But in the history, we see that, for example, for the Red Cross, even the Russians came mm. to for in the for the Red Cross purpose. You uh, know, okay. They were there. Okay, and what happened with the Italians? Yeah, we fight them and at the Battle of Adua, so we won. Mm. So they returned back. To Somaliland, I mean Somalia. No, they return back to their home oh, <laughs> where totally. they come from. <laughs> ah, okay. Interesting. And when did this happen? This was end of World War Two when Italy Italy capitalized. I mean, Italy was defeated in Europe. Um, the thing is, we do have our own counting system, like our oh, yeah. own calendar. So I kind of, I might kind of mix this. You know, we, we can verify. We can check it out. Yeah. we will talk about the calendar soon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Italy leaves, and okay, let's just stop it there. Yeah, I want to go back to your ancient history again mm-hmm. because another important facet of Ethiopia is your Christianity. Yeah. So Ethiopia had Christianity before Europe had Christianity. Yes. The Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Mm-hmm. So, what can you tell us about that? Uh, okay. Uh, in our country, uh, the from Orthodox Church days, the I mean, it's still say that we do have one of the covenant. Ark of the Covenant. Yes, Ark uh, of the Covenant. For people who don't know that, uh, it's like uh, a tablet in which God wrote the ten comment comment yes. comment ten mm-hmm. rules to life. I don't know ten command commandments 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 yeah, and God gave ha- to Moses. Mos- oh, it was Moses. Yes. Ah, okay. I thought it was Abraham. So, it, and these are like the ten. These are like the ten basic principles of Christianity. If I'm mistake, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this the ten principles. Like, uh, don't kill your neighbor, stuff like that, right? Worship your God with all your heart. Uh-huh. I mean, you don't have to worship another one. Don't commit adultery. Don't wish for. To have your neighbor's wife. property, and, his uh, wife, his, right. him, don't cheat, don't steal. Uh-huh. Yeah, this kind of... So uh, those 10 co- 
commandments, commandments, commandments which is like a base, a very important part of Christianity. So <laughs> this, if I'm not mistaken, right, Moses was in Israel, which is very far from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. So this ended up in Ethiopia. How, how does that story turn out? Ah, okay. To start, like, even in the Bible, we found out, we find that uh, Moses have Ethiopian wife. Hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. Yeah, Moses have Ethiopian wife. His sister and his brother, they were even saying bad, bad things uh, about him having Ethiopian wife. So okay. God punishes Mary. He, he, Moses' sister was leprosy wow. during that time. Yeah. Okay, when we talked about how the Ark of Covenant is there, it is, they, okay, this is according to Ethiopian history. Uh-huh. Um, it was uh, when King Sheba goes to King Solomon, she got pregnant mm-hmm. by King Solomon. Mm-hmm. So Solomon is in Israel, Sheba is Ethiopian. Yes. Okay. She, she went to visit him because of his wisdom. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because of his wisdom, and then she got pregnant, mm-hmm. and then she was returning like with the baby. So they say like they give her, he gave her that one of the covenant with his. How many covenants are there? It was his kid. With the kid. Yeah, it's because like a... she was she was pregnant with his baby. Uh-huh. So when and then and then. Um, so when he, when he like when she was going back to Ethiopia, he gave one of the arcs there. How many arcs are there? In Ethiopia, we have one. I know. I mean, in total, according to the Bible. Ah, uh, according to the Bible, it is. I I think there's two. Oh, there's two. And one of it is in Ethiopia. The other is in. So in Israel. Is in Israel. Ah. Okay, because for me, the Ark of the Covenant, I, I only know it from like, you know, India. Yeah, we in... also say that it's one, but like it was written like two times. Ah, okay. Because you saw the movie Indiana Jones mm. and the Ark, the Lost Ark. That was the, that was the only time, that's the first time I understood about the Ark. And it was like, it, the story is like the Nazis are also looking for it. There's like mm. some superpowers if the Ark and if you have it, then you have this immense power for your army hence hitler was after it it's like a crazy story but it was a cool movie that's how i know about the ark of the covenant so you told it still exists in ethiopia yes have you been there have you been to that church no can you go to that church yes you can but you cannot see the ark you can what happens if you see the ark uh they will tell you you will die that's the same thing in the movie Indiana Jones it's like they look at the ark and then these angels come up and then they turn into like these monster devils and the Germans just get vaporized only only one priest is allowed to go there oh okay yeah no one will go there but you can go and visit the the church Uh but you cannot enter where the ark of covenant is wow do you have like a curiosity just to go see the ark um, Do you have like an inner desire just to know, just to, you know, just to see this two, like three thousand year old piece of history? But they will not going to let you in, so yeah, true. <laughs> you can't <But>, see it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have that curiosity, like if I can like just go to the church. No, it would be kind of disrespectful because it's like against tradition. But mm. some part of me just wants the curiosity is like, whoa, it would be so cool to see the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> it's just yeah. super cool. And and then that's that's I mean. 
during the Old Testament, that's how like we were Christians. Like, mm. so yeah. Sheba bought Christianity. No. No. Uh, King Izana was the first one to bring Christianity to Ethiopia. Oh, from Israel. Uh, I think the missionaries got him that time from Israel. I don't know. Sorry. Okay, because um, how do I say? So, what was the people before Christianity in Ethiopia? Before Christianity came, to- there were there are traditional religions. Ah, uh, yeah, like in other African yes societies. Okay, and it's. Ethiopian Orthodoxy very unique to Ethiopia or do you find that church in any other parts of the world? Uh, excuse me, what? Like, for example, like, you know, Catholic Church, you have it in many countries. Mm-hmm. But the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, is it exclusive to Ethiopia or are there other countries who also follow the Ethiopian Orthodox Christianity? I, uh, I think it is a bit different from other or orthodox church but like uh we do have the armenian one the romanian one yeah they kind of have the same there is a thing called dogma and uh, the other rules mm-hmm. so the other rules might be different but their doctrine is the same okay yeah so well before we used to have um patriarchs like from egypt mm. yeah our patriarchs were not from Ethiopia, but they, they used to come from Egypt. Okay. Yeah. But did it go to like any other African countries? Is there any other African countries which follow the Ethiopian Orthodox Church? That you know. If our citizens are there. You mean yeah. they have to be native Ethiopians? Yes. Ah. But, you know, they go to other Orthodox Church. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, are you religious? Uh, yeah, but I'm, but I'm not from the Orthodox. Oh, you're not Orthodox? Yes. Ah, okay. So if an Orthodox Ethiopian lives in Russia, can they like, go to like a Russian Orthodox church and would it be kind of, how do you say, not exactly the same, but of the more of the same religious uh, subset? Uh, yeah, I, I have been to one of the Orthodox church in Russia. Mm-hmm. I've seen things but like i think ours is more religious mm. than uh the russians okay even though i'm not orthodox i also know how the church is in ethiopia, ethiopia and in russia are there similarities uh i mean i, I don't understand the language what was spoken here uh-huh. but um uh, you know the ceremony right real thing is mm a bit close mm. and then that's why our actually our orthodox church and then russian orthodox church have a very long friendship mm. and then they're they're more close mm. yeah and then they have like a good relationship even the orthodox church relationship was the one who actually contributes a lot for the diplomatic relationship oh interesting yeah. mm-hmm. that's really interesting so yeah. let's talk about the jewish population of ethiopia because as far as I know, Ethiopian Jews Jews are the only black or African Jews in the world, and there is like a subset, small group of Jews in South Africa too, but I don't know if their lineage is as old as the one in Ethiopia. So, what's the story of the Jewish population of Ethiopia? Mm, as I know that they they came from Israel, mm-hmm. as we know, 
and then they were there uh and then um i mean they 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 were not kind of very mixed with the ethiopian population okay they were not that mixed they were kind of kind of separated yeah like like most jewish populations kind of tend to not intermarry with other people yes in most countries yeah. so it was the same in ethiopia too yes okay but uh do they so do they look kind of more middle eastern than ethiopian the no, jewish people i mean at, at my age those who i know they look like ethiopians mm. they don't look different okay. like they look exactly like us right <laughs> so we we don't even know that the way that they're jewish or not unless uh. we saw like but this times they're not so many they're rarely uh, most of them went back to israel yes ah they're getting back to israel right dude that's super interesting because in my city in india we also had like a jewish population but they were like european jews who came to uh, kerala which is my part in india and we have like a synagogue and mm-hmm. it's not as ancient as your jewish people population mm-hmm. they came during the spanish in- inquisition time mm-hmm. but it's super interesting that you have this subset of the population who is jewish and african mm-hmm. <laughs> and what about islam yeah islam we uh even during the axumite empire we used to have islam we received them like um Mah- uh prophet muhammad's uh, uh his disciples were flew from makkah they flew from, uh, flee from makkah yeah yes and then he told them to go to ethiopia and then our ruler was christian mm. during that time uh he was christian and then um uh he we but we he received them mm. during the axumite during the axumite empire so he received them and then uh when the the other people who was against them yeah. asked the king to give them the muslims mm-hmm. disciple the muslim disciples who were in our country he said no because mm. once they are my refugees i'm not going to give my, away my refugees so ethiopia is even in quran mm. yeah. wow dude that's a thing ethiopia is mentioned in the bible it's mentioned in the quran yes that's super i i i i i mm, i saw this quote from the bible esther 11 Mm-hmm. and it it it's super cool because I'll just read it um esther 11111 wait 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 yeah this is what happened during the time of xerxes mm-hmm. the xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from india to kush the kush was like a kingdom which was inside uh, ethiopia if i'm not mistaken ethiopia was called kush before kush. Ah, yes okay that's a thing and, and it mentions india too this yeah. <laughs> is super cool well so that's a, that's a thing which i find really fascinating about ethiopia because you have so middle east around jerusalem is like the birthplace of three of the major religions of the world today and ethiopia played a part in the history of all three in a way christianity islam and, Juda- and judaism mm-hmm. and the location of ethiopia being so close to the semantic lands makes ethiopia like the border between the let's call it the middle east the arab world but that's not the correct term let's call it middle east and africa 
and it's reflected in the people there because from an indian perspective you guys look very much similar to us <laughs> than to mainland or west and south african people yeah. and that is a part of your culture and history too because you are this melting pot or the meeting point between these different religions and peoples which makes ethiopia very unique mm-hmm. and that's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> so let's carry on with the let's talk a little bit about the language thing which okay. comes as a result of what we are just talking about the mm-hmm. location okay. so what language do you speak uh, i can't speak amharic and oromifa Amharic and Aramaic. So yeah. Amharic is a Semitic language. Yes. So Semitic language is a linguistic group which includes Hebrew and Arabic. Yes. Okay. So have you tried listening to Arabic people and do you understand anything or do you feel some <laughs> words are similar? Uh no, maybe some words. Mm-hmm. Very few. Yeah. And uh, what about the other language? Am 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 Aramifa. We call it Aramifa. Yeah. What language family is that? That's from Kush. Kush. So that is like an African language family, not Semitic. Yes. And how different are okay, they? Okay, we d- we d- we divide uh, our language. Like okay, in Ethiopia we do have more than eighty, mostly eighty, uh, ethnicities. Ethnicities. Yeah, okay. and then we do have eighty languages. God. More than <laughs> eighty languages. That's yeah. India. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh we divide the language four parts. There is Semitic, mm-hmm. there is Omotic, there is Nilo-Saharan and then there is Kushitic. Wow. Yeah, we divided it on four, four so, families. Yeah, so some of the language uh some of the language like fit into Semitic, some of them in Omotic, some of them in Kushitic and some of them in Nilo-Saharan. Mm-hmm. So I speak two languages, one from Semitic and then one from Kushitic. Oh. And uh which alphabets do you use? Uh okay, so, uh the alphabet g g is g is yeah. yes. Um for Amharic we do have uh those letters like our letter is different. For, but for or Oromifa it is the like the Latin spelling. Ah, a, B, C, D, yeah. But for Amharic, it's different. Why do for you guys Semitic use Latin different. for this language and not an African script? So this, uh, for Aramic, it is an African script, right? Um, Amharic? Yeah. The, scri- the script is like distinctly African. I mean, it was made, I mean, not made, like it was developed, not developed. <laughs> it, it came out of Ethiopia. Unlike the Latin or let's say Arabic or Hebrew scripts, it it's specific to Ethiopia. Yes, before the work, uh, the working, um, the working language was g- is mm-hmm. during the king's time. That is Semitic. Yeah, g- uh, yes, it is. Uh, g- is is kind of different. It's called a uh, church language. Ah, okay. So, but yeah, it is from Semitic. Okay. Uh, so. Um, after i mean after that it's changed to amari because most of our kings they used to come from that tribe oh it's a tribe um Am- Am- amhara is the tribe, tribe. 
And their language is called Amharic. Yes, okay. the language is called Amharic. So that's why it becomes the working language because uh, people knows that language. Okay. And then, um, yeah. So the letters are different. The alphabets are different. Uh-huh. It's not like the Latin A B C D. Okay. No, it is called Ha Le, Hammer Hames, and then continues. Oh. Yeah, I, I I'll just take take a look. I'm um. Arik alphabet. It's so cool. You this alphabet. It's like I don't know. It looks a little bit like I don't know how to describe it. I I'm, I feel this is there's Armenian here, and I feel a little bit of Hindi, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and you told me like each letter has a particular um way of writing uh, with a vowel. Yes, I mean. For example, when you say ha, the first the first word, um, no, the first letter, it is it have a vowel a, or a kind of at the back. You don't write it together, but like when you say ha, you also call that one. For example, the second the second one is who, uh-huh. and then when you say who, you know that there is u okay. behind, but like you not you not you're not writing it together. You write it like. You write one letter, but like the vowel, you're not writing the vowels together. But when you call it, the sound gives you like the sound will will come out. Like ah. for example, he, yeah, you know that is was e. Yeah. E and then uh, ha as you repeat it again and then. This is ha. Yes. This is who. This is he. He. Yeah, and then hey. and then. Ha, uh-huh. he, hi, he, he, ho. Oh, okay. Oh. So like for everything, for every letters you go like that. Uh, for example, in this one, le is me. Okay, le is here. So you say le, uh-huh. lu, uh-huh. li, li, la, uh-huh. le, le, la. lo. Okay. So for example, this one is se, uh-huh. se. Su, su si, si sa, sa se uh-huh. so okay you know like I, every this? ending have like oh this is k what k <laughs> okay that's, yeah we do have that's a unique sound we do have those k. those k. We, yeah we do have those words like dude, others can... will now use for example dude, this dude. is ch dude can I just show you this this is t this t Dude, I'll I'll show you uh, like Hindi alphabet and um, it's I'll show you like K in your alphabet and K in Hindi is so similar. So this is K in Hindi uh, and you told me where is your K? This is K, right? This is K actually. K. Da, dude. This is uh, K. Our K is different. Our K is this one. Ah. Uh, Okay, but it, it looks kind of similar. <laughs> Your k and this k, yeah. k in, I'm sorry, in Hindi. And um, I have something similar to in Malayalam. What is this? What is this? That's ta. Huh? Ta. Ta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ta. So um, I'll, let me show you Malayalam alphabet. Malayalam alphabet. That this is my Rodno music, and um, we have we have ta. Ta Wait, 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 wait. Mm, yeah, look at this. This is our ta. 
Oh. And that... It's not very similar, but at least the shape of yeah. it is like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and But we have something exactly similar to that. It's like, na. Uh, da. This is our na. This letter. It is almost exactly <laughs> similar to your te. Te. Uh. te. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fun saying that. Whoa. That's the thing. Whoa. Which letter is this? That... Oh, okay. Then we do have this one uh-huh. is ha. Oh, that's ha. Yeah, but like the other, we do have like three ha's. This is, this is ha. Uh-huh. This is ha. This is ha. Why do you have three ha's? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it depends when you write the words, which one you use. Ah, dude, this language is, it's so cool. It looks so similar, but it's so different. <laughs> Especially, yeah. and I don't know, and it's, it's but the, uh, the first language I showed you is like Indo-Aryan language, mm-hmm. and second I showed you is a Dravidian language, two different families, but we do share uh, alphabets which are very similar to Aramic, which is really cool. Yeah. It, it's a coincidence, I don't think there's like any historical ha- connection. Yeah, we do have je, for example, like Russian. Where? Which one? The, um, okay, this thing is divided half so this is je ah yeah it's kind of like the je yeah. je of russian dude this is so cool and and we do have ge too yeah, this is ge yeah dude that's all that's <laughs> exactly a girl like russian isn't it wow yeah. dude this language is so cool i'll leave a link for this chart man so this is your working language right now Yes. And almost everyone in the country speaks it. Not everyone in the country. Uh, when you go to the regional countries, mm-hmm. countryside, like uh, people might not speak this language. Okay. But it is given us this language in every school, everywhere. Mm. Um, but like people, if you don't, language is like if you don't practice it, you will not yeah, know exactly, it. Yeah, so. exactly. So how do... Ethiopians from all 80 different ethnic groups communicate with each other. If you ask the same question to an Indian guy, I would say English is the closest we have to, uh, how do you say, language that everyone kind of speaks to each other. But that's not true because it depends on your level of education, mm-hmm. depends where you live, a lot of factors are there. But in general, we can say English is what a person from the deep south would be able to communicate with a person from the northernmost part of India, or the easternmost part, or the westernmost part. What's your lingua franca in that way yeah okay if we say like that it will be amharic amharic yeah english uh very few people yeah very few speaks english and then uh, even in in the country we don't we don't communicate with english like mm. you will be counted as like you're kind of trying to be fancy and oh then, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then like that yeah and then we... not loving your culture that's how you'll be counted so oh we, Okay, that's interesting. So, Amharic. And y- you speak uh, one more language, which is uh, Oram. Oram. Oh, let's, is, do they have separate alphabet or do you use... No, that's the la- we use the Latin alphabet for Oram. How did that happen? How did Oram Ifa start using uh, Latin alphabets? It was, it was like that from the beginning, like... <laughs> Really? Yeah. I mean, 
uh, as I told as as we uh, as we know okay let me say as we know uh, you know Ethiopia uh, does, people come from different parts of the the world to Ethiopia and then like missionaries not only missionaries merchants mm-hmm. and then that we kind of gave me even the Arabs were there mm-hmm. and then those kind of things so it is kind of you know mix it mm-hmm. with the others i think that's how they got the letter okay and you think latin alphabets also came like that from this traveling of people and the mixing of cultures uh, uh i would probably say that because uh this most of most probably the same the semitic groups are the one who have like their own letter even the nilo sahara and the omotic use the same latin hmm. letters okay so so this um aramo alphabet is specific to the aramic group the tribal i mean the ethnic group uh no the la- we we use the the of course the voice is different but like the alphabets are the latin alphabets but that's aramo is not our our uh it's not aramaic ا ي ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا ا
what are the different groups of people and how do you keep all these people together in an entity of Ethiopia? Yeah, we used to say um, our difference is uh, our beauty. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we say. Our difference is our beauty. And uh, yeah, there are different languages, different cultures, different kind of uh, dress codes mm. and, and, you know, just cultures. Yeah, but like we live together, we, we live together, we respect one, one's um, culture mm-hmm. and then they respect ours too. That's how we live. Mm-hmm. And what are the major groups? So you're from the Oramo community. Yes. What are the other major groups there? Uh, I I think like we don't we don't say like this is major this is minor oh, okay. we don't say that. I, I I mean in terms of the number of number of people like, yeah people. I, I mean in that sense the number of population. <laughs> yeah. Amhara is big. Tigray. Tigray. Yeah. Amara. Amara Tigray Southern people. They're called Southern people. Oh, do yes. you, do they have like a name the region is called southern ah, people okay region okay and then inside that there is a lot so many different of, groups yeah so many different groups yeah that part is big yeah this four parts are big mm-hmm. and you got like a somali population yes. on the west if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. we do have somali um uh, shangu we call it Shangu. they're more near to sudan ah. and yeah there are Afar. Afar. Afar, yeah. The Afar region. Oh, it's, it's a region, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. And um, while doing this research, I came across a particular word, which is, um, I don't know, uh, Habesha? Habesha. What, what does that mean? Habesha. Habesha. <laughs> it's, it's also a people? People no, Ethiopians were called Habesha. All these uh, tribes you're saying, like the Tigray, yeah, the Oromo. Ethiopia was called Habesha. Oh. Yeah, most probably the, mostly the Amhara was, you know, during the leadership, they used to, uh, during the kings, they used to call Habesha. The, mm. people, the people were called Habesha. Ah, Okay. So like Ethiopians are called Habesha. Oh, so it's like a blanket term for Ethiopians. Mm-hmm. One more term which I want to know is uh, Abyssinia. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah, Abyssinia. Also, Ethiopia was called Abyssinia. Mm-hmm. Ethiopia. Yeah, Ethiopia used to have different names. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kush, Abyssinia, then Ethiopia. Uh, all these names were like in from one of the languages in Ethiopia, right? No, it, it is used to, I mean... It is used during different times, like mm. Abyssinia. Ethiopia means a uh, burned face. Burned face? Yes. <laughs> that's what Ethiopia means. <laughs> yes. Boy, that's a strange name burned for a country. Face, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Burned face. Oh, that that's really interesting, and um, the different peoples are kind of. I read that more in Ethiopia. There is a particular clause in your constitution where each region can choose to be not part of Ethiopia mm-hmm. if they want to. And I think Eritrea was the only one who, once you were part of Eritrea, 
was part of Ethiopia, they actually used that. Or am I mistaken? No, they they don't. They, it's not that they use that. Okay, uh, after the fight, after um, the region of uh, Mangistu Halila Mariam, there there were a communist party in our country, mm-hmm. like a communist rule, reading time. Okay. So they they fight that uh, communist. Who fought the communists? The re- that time they were called rebellion groups. But like it is like uh, the um, uh, Ethiop- Ethiopian. Let me read it. like it is like um, it was like a front to fight for freedom of Ethiopia. Freedom from whom? From the Communist Party. Oh. From the communist leader. Okay. Yeah, so there were like this young, which started like from the university and uh, this young uh, people, they unite together and then they were fighting and then they overcome actually. And then they they surround the palace mm. and then Mengistu, he's still alive. Mm. He's called Mengistu Alamaram, the communist leader. Mm-hmm. He flew to Zimbabwe. So mm. he's still alive. He's in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. So... They come there and then uh, during the separation of, I think, because of the leadership, they don't agree. Mm-hmm. The one for Ethiopia was Malus and then the one for Eritrea was Isaias. So they separated like that. And then so, they were fighting and then they separated. So Eritrea was a region and they did not no, agree? It was it was not a region. Like from the, from the beginning... They separate Eritrea. So before the separation, they were like, for example, Tigray. It was a region in Ethiopia, Eritrea. No, during Eritrea. during the Communist Party, there was no region. I mean, ah. you don't. Call, I mean, we don't call them like this. Uh, after that, the Democratic Party was the one which started uh, the federalism. Ah, it during, wasn't federal. Yeah, ah, it was not okay. federalism. During the federalism, this region thing came. During the federalism, before mm. that there was no region. If you say that's part of a country, the school Amara is like there is a tribe, there are people. It's called part of country. Ah, okay, I understood. So let's rewind. Let's go back to the Italian invasion happened. Mm-hmm. You guys fought them off. Yeah. And what happened after that? Yeah. Then, uh, during the Haile Selassie, they which come. was the last king. Of Ethiopia. Haile Selassie. Yes. This guy is really important. Pay attention when you come back to him. Yeah, yeah. They, they come back again. And uh, they, were, they were military invention. Because during that time already colonialism was stopped. Hmm. There was no colonialism when they, come, they, they came back for invasion. So our king, uh, Haile Selassie, he, f- he flew. Uh, he flew and then he kind of was asking for help. To help, he flew to League of Nations. He reported there to League of Nations to to come and help him. Against and, the Italians. Yes, mm. against the Italians. So they, they helped him. So they they flew back it, again. Italians went, went home. Yes. And what happened to Ethiopia after that? Haile uh, Selassie was the king. King Haile Selassie was the, the king. And then after him was... This the Communist Party. So it was. So he was kind of overthrown by the Communist Party. 
Yes. So the monarchy was replaced by communism. Yes, communism. How did that happen? Uh, Mangistu Alamaya uh, was uh, one of Fela Selassie's students. Oh. Yeah. Did he study in Russia? I, I don't think so. L- let's just see what that guy was like. Because today we, I also found that Ho Chi Minh studied in Russia, which is super <laughs> yeah. cool. During that, the, that uh, could, time... I'm sorry, could, he, could you say his name again? Mangistu Alamaya. How do I type that? <laughs> okay. During uh, during that time, most of the students in uh, university mm-hmm. in Ethiopia they used to read this the book of Le Marxism Leninism. Ah, das Kapital. Mar- yeah. Are you want Russian or English? No, English. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me just change that. Yeah, it's English. Migus to Hale Maria. Yeah. Okay, let's see what this guy was up to. So he's still alive in Zimbabwe, yeah? Yes, he is. Mm. So this was this guy brought communism to uh born Kafka province. Um in Hotela, Ethiopia. He was in the United States? It's it's kind of strange that guy who went to the United States wanted to bring communism to Ethiopia. Mm. So, let's see. Despite his disapproval of Meng- Mengitsu's insubordination, Mr. Pet General was obliged to release him and Mengitsu went for an 18-month training program at the Aberdeen Proving Ground in Maryland, United States. He took night classes at the University of Maryland, making him fluent in English. He returned for a third time in 1970 as a student of combined outside in fourth... Dude, this guy's... This is strange because this is a guy who actually went to the United States and then he made... Ethiopia communist. Yes. <laughs> okay. Fine. And what's his story? What was... It's called the DERG, right? Yes. The Provincial Military the Government of Ethiopia. Yeah. So how was Ethiopia under communism? Um, okay. Our fathers, uh, they don't... They didn't say like... Uh, they didn't tell us like... us. It was a good no. It was not good. Because a lot of young generation has passed during that way during that time passed in sense hmm? they they were killed oh killed yeah okay they were killed and then they used to tell us like our parents and then our uh yeah they used to tell us like they so like every time there will be a dead body on, on the, street. the streets god yeah there was there was uh, called a uh, white terror and then red terror which were like these uh, atrocities against people yeah and then they used to write a red terror on their like with a paper they used to write red terror and then they will kill the youngs and then anyone who opposed the the the, the communist government yes yes. okay and what happened after that yeah how was the communists overthrown yeah, this. Uh... I'm so sorry. So where was the king? Uh, uh, who when the communists took over? Was he killed or did he flee to some? It other... is not clear until now. Really? No one knows. Some Wait. of them said they, he was killed. Some of, uh, yeah, he was killed. You know, some of them said he Mangusto by himself killed him. Some of them say like they sent him to a prison and then hmm. he was died there. Some, so it is not like. So it's a there mystery. Yeah, it's not a. There's no clear, clear. So what happened to the last king of Ethiopia is a mystery. Yeah. Wow. And okay, so, uh, 
the time under the communists was pretty bad. How did the communists move? How do how were they overthrown? Uh, then this uh, from different parts of Ethiopia. Uh, the rebe- the okay during that time, you know, they were called rebellions mm. because they were against the government. For example, um, there was like TPLF to right people liberation front. Mm-hmm. There was from Oromo people liberation front Amhara front liber- I mean Amhara people liberation front right. like f- from every this regions uh, youngs start to like uh, organize come, yeah organize and then they start fighting mm. yeah after that they overthrow the government just from a pattern of overthrowing communist governments in Latin America I'm obliged to ask was there like any American support against this uh, communist regime at this point of time? Was there like, uh, how do you say, you know, like indirect support from um, the Americans? Even uh, Mangistu, like before he he was overthrown, he kind of have, uh, he he used to change his, his uh, toes to like mixed market mm. and then that kind of, so... Americans were like trying to. He was like a little bit moved to the. Um, he was re- returning his face to the Americans. Him. Yes. The communist guy. Yeah. Okay. But they overthrow him. They or you? I mean, uh, I Ethiopians. Mean Ethiopians. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. And then when he was overthrown, was there a question of? Should we bring back a monarchy or should we go to a democracy? No, the 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 this the li- people's liberation front from different regions, they become they say like they will be dip, um democratic. Mm. Yeah. So when which year was this? Uh that's that's the thing now. Uh in in our I mean the first constitution that we have was in nineteen. 19- 87 in Ethiopia mm. in Ethiopian calendar okay so it means like seven years I think it's in 1994 five oh but like the, the month is like that so it, it was in 1995 the first constitution and the this democratic constitution con- and this was a federal democratic constitution yes federal democratic constitution ah okay wow. so yeah before Eritrea was a party like before the constitution Djibouti was not Djibouti, as I told you, the king was the one who gave them for 99 years to, to England. Yes. And when did Djibouti became independent? After 99 years. Okay. Like, so, it was not long ago. So they became independent before you? Or let me just say that. No, not independent, like a democracy before you. Uh, Djibouti independence year. 1977. So they became independent in 1977. Ah, okay. And I don't know when mm, not independence here. Uh, constitution Constitution Day probably I nineteen ninety two. Constitution Body was adopted in nineteen ninety two I'm in twenty ten. And yours was in nineteen ninety four. So it's around the same time. Okay, 90, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the same time, Djibouti and you. Yeah, so, uh, carry on. So, this happened, and Ethiopia decided to become a federal democracy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
it's a it's a recurring theme in newly independent African countries. I'm not saying you were not independent. Where right after independence, there's conflict between the subgroups which make up that country. Mm-hmm. But Ethiopia more or less was able to avoid that, with the only exception being Eritrea. What makes you think? How did that happen? Why was Ethiopia able to avoid that sort of situation? Mm. Yeah, I mean, before before this federalism start, like, we used to live as one. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah. like, we're intermarried, and then, mm. you know, you, you will have, like, family members from Oromo, Amhara, Tigre. Yeah. Like, we're kind of... Yeah, that's with, true. Yeah. Yeah, then, then that doesn't lead too much space for conflict to happen yes because you know you your family members are from other things so like uh when you talk something against it like you're also saying something against your part of family so we were interrelated very much like um during the past years like uh you know and then during the during communism time people were sent purposefully to other places to interact and then you know to for, live there yes and then dude that's very stalinist for, yeah for the like for the for job so mm. like, if you're from oromo oromo part region they will send you to amhara region ah. so that you know you will have a job there so when people go there they will settle there so ah. they, will, they will take wife or husband from there right they just intermarry yes right mm-hmm. how about your family is it also quite mixed uh my family my mom and dad or like the the whole huge family mm-hmm. the whole huge family is kind of mixed we do have mm. we do have like uh people like uh, aunties like for example uh my uncle's wife or like my auntie's husband like that yeah we do have and then my cousins like and then my cousin's wife or my cousin's husband yeah we do have from Amara, we do have from Tigray, we do have mm. from southern people yeah we do we're mixed wow that's pretty cool and yeah. does in these intermarriages does religion play the most important part or does is it not mm. quite very important in ethiopia religion plays actually a very high part mm. uh, because uh people choose the people like to get married from their religion right. most of the time right but there are still exceptions people, to yeah. that yeah true kind of same for india too in a way <laughs> yeah okay so this happens ethiopia becomes a federal democracy mm-hmm. and from what i learned is that there was this proportionate amount of power held by the Tigray Liberation Front in the newly formed government until until recently. Yeah. Could you explain on that? What why that particular statement is there? Uh or like the people of Tigray who are not like a majority community had more power than the majority community in the central government and in 2015 it changed and that is kind of why the current um tigrayan population feels they how to say they lost power in a way mm-hmm. that's what i've been explained from my yeah. ethiopian friend so what's your uh view on that um yeah the thing was like uh, tplf 
uh, to great people's liberation front. front yeah they were like the leaders the leaders were from there like the prime minister mm-hmm. our prime minister was from there even isaias was from that group who leads eritrea oh okay he was from they were like they were two greys uh-huh. of them were two greys and then um so uh, when the our our late prime minister when he come to power like he he was from the tigray people mm. so most of i mean most of the on the ministers were or like the others who were working under him was from that side okay so the prime minister gets to decide who his ministers are yes okay he, he chooses he chooses his ministers okay of course there were ministers from oromo amhara somali uh like that but you know uh when they come to the discussion tplf will decide everything and will come mm. and then will you know will tell them what to do right for the other liberation <laughs> people's liberation funds right it was it was not them like who will, who will sit who will discuss everything and who will decide okay no, they will decide they will bring it up they will inform them it was like that right yeah so uh when he passed away our, our late prime minister when he passed away other prime minister came mm-hmm. he was from the southern group okay but he he was not having the authority that's what he said when he leave the place okay because his cabinet ministers were from tplf yes and then he also have others but like when he leave the his his seat he actually say like no that's it i i don't want this place anymore uh-huh. that's what he said he gave up <laughs> he gave up like okay. peacefully i'm done and, with this yeah and then he was even on bbc and cnn because of the first african leader who said like take over me <laughs> i don't want power <laughs> i don't want power <laughs> yeah and uh, but he said like uh, even though he was there he was not um, in charge yes mm. he kind of saying like that and then that is when uh, dr abi came after the that mm-hmm. dr abi came the so, current yeah the current one he's from the oromo tribe it's the first oromo prime minister yes okay he, he's from that tribe so um i i i kind of can say like uh they kind of feel inferiority for for them to be led by other tribe leader So you're saying the Tigrays feel a sense of inferiority to be led by people from other tribes? Yes. Okay. Because they they always think like they they're the superior. Mm. So So can I ask a question? In terms of population, I think Tigray are a minority. Yes. I think Oromo are more. Yeah. So how do the Tigray people, I mean Tigray Liberation Front keep winning the elections if one my, my the majority community feels that this community is holding on to too much power wouldn't in the elections you the majority vote for non tigre parties uh-huh. yeah as you know like in every african uh, election everyone is complaining like those say it was not fair the other ways mm. and then this one too but you know in our country case as i see there are also other parties mm mm-hmm. so you have you have to in the parliament you have to win like 
majority some, yeah uh, voices uh-huh. and then um for example if there is the oromo or the oromo kind of for example the oromo party who they, they can be choose like only in the oromo side and then the amhara parties they might get uh, like uh, a lot of voice in amhara mm. so like during you know they can only get in the region in the particular region yeah, yeah they might not get us for but like so they form coalitions like, Yes. Okay. So, but like for this, for TPLF was not the only leader. It it was called Ihadig. The party was called Ihadig. Okay. So that Ihadig doesn't only have TPLF. Ah. It also have other fronts. There is Amhara people front. There is Oromo people front. Ah. You know, from other regions. Okay. So these people, when they, uh, when they, when they um, come together. Compete. Ah, compete. Yeah. So they compete. Like for example. There is Ihadik, and then from the from Ihadik, the the one who repre- who represents, for example, the Amhara Li- People's Liberation Front, will go to the Amhara region, mm. and they will compete for Ihadik. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. like they were more organized than the other opponent groups. Oh, but still, it's always like you said, the Tigrayan who have more power than the other groups. Yes. Why is that dynamic present? Because the leader, the main leader was always the grain. Yeah, you know we only have like Prime Minister Mbalasinawi. He was from Tigray, like, and then he led like three, for three terms, like mm-hmm. he uh he was there. Mm. So. So, would it be fair to say it's they play their politics really well, and yes, they do, and they hence did. they were able to maintain power for so long it yes. wasn't like a form of any form of domination or anything they just used the political system in ethiopia in a way in which they formed coalitions with other groups and held on to power for three or four terms mm-hmm. which is quite impressive in a way yeah uh, that's uh i mean it does not about that's i think that's why they say like it's not about the quantity Mm. Uh, I mean, it's not about how how there are like more people. It is about how strong the leader is. Right. Yeah. If the leader is weak, even if if you if you are like a lot in number, then the leader is weak. Like he yeah. cannot rule or lead over that. Right. But if the leader is strong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I, I this is a doubt I had. Now I understood it. Okay, so let's talk about the current prime minister. He came in twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. and he's very young, isn't he? He's quite young. Yes. For like usually, you know, prime minister like old dudes, but this guy's kind of like vibrant, energetic dude, and he won the Nobel Prize in twenty eighteen, if I'm not mistaken, for the co- no, in twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Sorry, in twenty nineteen for resolving the conflict with Eritrea. Yes, that's so, true. So let's. Stop it up there, and could you explain about the conflict between Eritrea and mm-hmm. how it was concluded with current okay. prime minister? He, he actually came to power in twenty eighteen. Oh, twenty eighteen. I'm sorry. Yes, and then uh, um, the first thing <laughs> that he did was like he was saying like let's let's uh, handle everything peacefully. Mm. That was his motto. Mm-hmm. We are peaceful people. Let's do everything peacefully. 
then he said like uh, he said he told to the parliament that he would like to talk to the Eritrean mm-hmm. uh, the Eritrean premise uh, and then um, uh, then he started like he's the first one like to start the conversation so so the Isaiah Safwaki was so welcoming and then they have this conversation then we become peaceful now this time we are peaceful could you, could you explain why there was a conflict between Eritrea and Ethiopia? Uh, in my opinion, not okay, sorry, <laughs> not <laughs> the cool. politics, but like in my opinion, I would say like two people that didn't agree on the on uh, which one to be a leader and which one to be the next one. That's why they separated the country. This is what I can say, oh. or this is what I can see, like. Uh, Melis also want to be a leader. Uh, Isaiah Safwaki want to be a leader. Uh-huh. They both want to be a leader. Of Ethiopia. Yes. Okay. So, but they couldn't do that because there are two. Mm-hmm. So. Our friend Isaiah yeah, decided to form his own country. It was separated <laughs> because of that. That's all I can say. Uh-huh. And in Eritrea, do the all the uh, Ethiopian groups also live there, like... Yeah, I mean, we were, like, uh, one country, but, uh, you know, before, like, Italians were working there, so, like, they kind of have uh, different administration, the mm-hmm. Italian people used to have different administration, but, like, we're, we were families, like, uh, we do, we were one country, like, as a one country, so uh, you don't, we don't say that, um... You know that person is from Eritrea. It is. It is like before. It, it is like you know that person is from Oromo region. That is from Amhara region. It was like that. That was from Eritrea, Eritrea region. region. Mm. Yeah. It was. It was to be like that. Mm. But uh, as I told you, there was not nothing called region during that time though. But like to simplify, yeah. yeah. And then it was like that. But uh, when it comes to uh, uh, this separation. They flew all Eritreans from Ethiopia, oh. and then all Ethiopians from Eritrea. So, families were separated. Like you oh. told, you might have cousins who were Eritreans. Yes, it was. Uh, okay, <laughs> in 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 our in our in our uh, calendar it was like in nineteen ninety two. Okay, nineteen ninety eight. It means in Gregorian calendar. Uh-huh. During that time, yeah, I they they flew them ah. out of. Ethiopia to Eritrea. Yes, and then it was like that. And then I, I was a little, but I kind of remember our neighbors like, mm. uh, to... You oh, know, they had they... to pack up and leave. Yes, and then it was the saddest moment for both Eritreans and Ethiopians because mm. we we kind of families, we were related. So when Abi came and then make a peace between us, uh, between us and the Eritrea, that was the happiest moment because families start reuniting again. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And right now, the relations are quite good between Eritrea and Ethiopia. Yes, that's true. And he, um, um, Dr. Abi, our Prime Minister, he is trying to create a peaceful environment with every country around us. He has uh, a philosophy called, called Madamer, which is in English kind of addition. Addition? Yeah, addition. What, um, and then on Facebook, what he says is like the failure of 
your neighbor country is not a success of your your country. The mm. failure of your neighbor country is also a failure of yours. When your neighbor is successful, you can also be successful together. That is his principle. That's an interesting way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, so that's his principle. So he, I mean, he's not looking for trouble with every country's neighbor countries or like he's not trying to be the hegemony because they, you know, he's saying like, let's do it peacefully. We're, we're neighbors, so let's grow together. That's mm. what he's saying. He's following the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <laughs> mm, nice. And he got the Nobel Prize in 2018 for, 19. Sol- 19 for solving this conflict. And what is like, um, how do you say, a recurring theme right now is a, a, a world leader who gets a Nobel Prize starts a conflict. <laughs> Aung Suu Kyi <laughs> and the, um, it, it, it's kind of like a joke. But it's like it happened in Myanmar with the coup and the Rohingya thing. And in 2020, last year, the conflict in Tigray started. And I was following that for a long time. And it kind of, what I understood was like the Tigray Liberation Front felt they didn't have the power they enjoyed before. Hence, they held elections, which Ethiopia considered to be legal. And hence, started the conflict. Mm-hmm. As an Ethiopian, what do you think of that? Uh, okay. First of all, the election was not to be held because of COVID. They were delaying it because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then no one was uh, able, no one was uh, supposed to take the election or held the election. Mm. But for them, they said that we're going to, mm. we're going to held the election. And then the other thing is the money was also, the currency was also changed that's the main escalating currency thing. change yes um what currency did they start using no we still use that that one the same we call it bir. we still use the bir, but the money was changed like the notes were changed uh-huh. uh they changed the the type of type of notes yeah yeah type of notes and then um that was also a very bad thing for them why uh because um uh, we changed the money. The, our our government changed the money because there was a lot of money circulating outside the uh, bank. Money laundering. Yes. Outside it's like demonetization. demonetization. <laughs> India did that shit, and we suffered for six months or a year. And then, and then they 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 were also involved with like in this kind of businesses, like dollar ah. exchange and this kind of businesses. So that was not a good a good thing for them. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, and then they attacked the military first. The Ethiopian military? Yes. So each Our, state has its own military? Uh, for, for police force. Ah, okay. Each state has its own police force. Yes. Okay. They do have, yeah, they have police force. But they attack the military first. Uh, uh-huh. It is bordering Eritrea. Tigray is bordering Eritrea. Eritrea. So we do have uh, this, the... We do have uh, a huge military power there. Near the border. Yes, mm. near the border. We have uh, them there. So they attacked that military power first. And then uh, that's when the law, infor- we call it law, law enforcement. It is not just militarily attacking them. It was military, it's law enforcement. They attacked the military that's when it started. Like that's when the law enforcement started. 
by law enforcement do you mean bringing tigre under control yes mm. and i'm uh, keeping the place safe and then keep everything like on arrangement right yeah that's when the fight started I mean, the government was not the one who started it first. Mm-hmm. They attacked the military. They killed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's, and then that's when it started. Like, uh, people will say, like, I'm not going to believe that it, this is not true. This is government's propaganda. Uh, they started it first. And then uh, they say, like, no, this is a lie. Just the government is attacking the Tigray people. A lot of people, you will find them, like, saying this. But the thing is... Uh, I kind of get the access to kind of I I, I have soldier friends mm-hmm. so they are from the exact place who who was who was tell who who tell who was telling me like what exactly was going on. Okay. So So can I ask you like would a police force be able to fight a military because the military has better weapons? The thing and- is like yeah the t- the Tigray Liberation People's Liberation Front. What they did was, they trained others people, mm-hmm. and then there are there were there were even some of some of their soldiers were from the, the from they were soldiers who were in Ethiopian army. Oh, okay. So they trained there to attack the military. It is not a police force which attacked the military. It wasn't a police force. Okay. No, they they were like a separate force that the they trained. Oh. So it is not like the police force which attacks the military force. They okay. Acted. And then, for example, for the missiles, the key was with them. They have the key. Oh, they ha- they operated the the missile yes ah so they were firing missiles to eritrea why eritrea why would you fire missiles eritrea <laughs> uh as i told you even that time they kind of uh you know separate eritrea from ethiopia right hmm. and then they didn't agree that's why they did that first i think that's that that's the reason why because they used to have like their own uh, past thing and then the other thing is like they were kind of thinking like the Eritrea government will be more aggressive like to attack Ethiopia as as if they would take it like this is the time to they they were thinking like Eritrea will be thinking like, we will we'll be attacking back uh-huh. and then the other thing is to to create for the international community to look the war international like not only. Uh, a regional conflict yeah. ah it's an international conflict yeah. because while i was following the news on bbc mm-hmm. i heard i heard it really strange because tigray by itself is at a disadvantage because they're fighting the entire military of ethiopia yeah. and then they want to fight the military of eritrea too at the mm-hmm. same time yeah. which is like making it more difficult for yourself in a way isn't it yeah it, but you're saying the major reason for that was they wanted to escalate to an international conflict so it'll get more attention. Yes. And they did get more attention. Yes, they did. And then the thing is, like, they have more connection because they all, like, when you see who they were, like, they were leaders and then there were ministers mm. before, like, three mm. years like yeah. that. So they do have a connection with this international organizations, with the international community and then all those uh, offices and organizations. So yeah, they got the international attention. 
Right. One other thing what, uh, which I noticed during the conflict was there was a media blackout of sorts from Tigray. Foreign media was not allowed entry to cover what was happening in Tigray. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you think was the reason for that? Even at the first, the, there was no light there. Yeah, electricity. But, yeah, but like, and then the, the, the communication was not working. But the thing is, for the communication, the controller was wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like they controlled that one. So they're the one who, who switched off the communication mm-hmm. and who switched off the lights because they don't want the military. When they attack the military, they don't want the military to communicate mm. with, the, with the other militaries. Mm. So that their plan was just they will finish them there and then that's it. And then they will control all the Ethiopian Ethiopian lands. That, that was what their plan is because... The first time they they started it, uh, one of uh, the leader, uh, I, I kind of I kind of forgot his name. He came to them. They they used to they the media used to work in that, and then he come and then he say like they have finished all the militaries mm. of Ethiopia. He said that so, yeah. Their their plan was to disconnect that, to finish the military. So that the military will not connect. But what happened was one of the general, Ethiopian general, he he was leading. Um, he was he was leading this force, and then he came out of their surrounding, and he flew to Eritrea. Okay. So the Eritrea receives him. Uh-huh. Received him. That's how the tank was out of like their hand. One of the tank was out of their hand. Tank. Yes. Like a tank? Yes. He flew a tank to Eritrea? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because he was surrounded by the TPLF. Yes. Okay. He was surrounded by TPLF. He and then flew they t- a tank? Yes. And they told him to surround, to surrender. Okay. But he said he will not surrender. Uh-huh. So, like, he brought the tank to Eritrea. Uh-huh. So that the Eritrean government, yeah, that's the, actually one of the favor that the Eritrean government did for us that time. Mm. The soldiers were flowing to Eritrea, Eritrea uh, so they, the Eritreans were receiving uh, them. They didn't stop them at yeah, the border. They, yeah, mm. they didn't stop them at the border. They received them. Mm. And then that's, the, that's even how we, I mean, we get like our tanks and then the fight mm. continues. Right. Yeah, so... Uh, so in the international commu- communication and then this part, like at some point, there it was not stable. Like at first, you know, whenever the war is, there is nothing stable. We right. all know that. Right. But like after some days when things were like getting okay, they they actually get the, I mean, the, the medias were allowed. To allowed be, in. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think was the end goal of the TPLF in this whole conflict? What did they want at the very end? Uh, to get to gain their power back. You mean to be the rulers of Ethiopia again? Yes. But how are, how are they going to accomplish that in this? I don't see any straight path in which they are going to replace your current prime minister by starting a conflict in just their region. No, because they, they even used to say like uh, a lot of time they, on their on their medias they used to say they will overcome again. That's what they used to say. 
before the conflict started. Was... Democratically? No. Oh. This way, they will, they will overcome the again. They will overcome again. They will start a conflict. Is That's... there, so is there like a threat that this same mentality of separatism, of Tigray, would spread to other regions of Ethiopia too, who f- might feel they are underrepresented? Um, the, the, okay, now we're not talking about like the Tigray people. Yeah, the, the we, political entity. Yeah, the political groups. They're the one who just create all this mess. The great people were, were just friends. For, for example, me, I do have friends and families from them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we don't have problem with them. But the the leaders, few leaders, they were the one like who created this mess. Mm. And then those who support them or those who kind of join them. Right. And then... Um, like this, for example, the consti- on the constitution, this the separation thing is like we, it is there, and then it is if they, um, if they had like um, if they are, uh, I mean, if they, are like there are pro- procedures mm-hmm. that they have to fulfill. Okay. If one can fulfill that, is when they can separate. But the thing is, uh no like no region cannot fulfill that uh that that f- criterias you have to fulfill like they have to fulfill all the criteria so it's almost impossible to fulfill all criteria yes why how is it impossible i mean in what sense i mean the criterias are different like uh the um, i mean even the, the, I think the interaction between never do the, the geography thing, the mm-hmm. population, mm-hmm. and then the the infrastructure, these things are included there. So so you have to be like ready. And it's not just you will say, oh, I want to separate, so I will uh, separate. No, it's not that easy. Okay, you have to like show your enough to be your own country. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, what do you see as a future for this conflict? What what do you see? What do you think is gonna to happen to the Tigray relation front and the Tigray population? Uh, okay, uh, I, only like only f- a very very few people are left there. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who surrendered, they're in prison now, and some of them are killed. We even feel sorry for those who are killed, but if uh. It, it is our country who will come first, not not uh, an individual. Mm. It is a country, our country is always first. So, um, um, I hope this thing will end so soon and then we will have an election um, very soon, like after a month, okay. like that. Uh, we're going to have an election for the entire country or yes the ah. entire country so your prime minister is contesting yes ah- ah- ahmed abi ahmed ah- abi ahmed yeah. dr abi ahmed uh, is he quite popular at this point of time in ethiopia who abi ahmed dr abi ahmed yes he's a very peaceful man like you know but um i hope this the conflicting will end soon 
and then i hope people will start understanding what exactly ethiopia needs because mm. this time you know whenever there is a transition from one kind of government to another kind of government there is always this maze right. going on people cannot take a like immediately they need people need time at the same time they need to give time for our prime minister mm. to for them to see what is going on and then for him he's i mean uh the, the projects which were started they are about to finish some of them are finished mm. some of them are about to finish he he's dealing with even other countries for them to to forgive our debts because we do have a lot of debts and mm. yeah and then you know he's kind of communicating even with other countries he's he's really doing a good job but at the same time some people are not understanding what is going on they they are they are only thinking for only for tri- their tribes and right. then, which is wrong right ethiopia is not there because of one their tribe. tribes or like one tribe no we we are meant to be ethiopia because of 80 and more than 80 ethnics together together yeah, yeah not only one like uh, people have to be scared when someone is saying like only my tribe they have to be scared of that person because yeah. you know what they're going to get the outcome will not be okay so i hope um people will start realizing what our country needs yeah and that would be an in- that would be a really interesting trajectory on how ethiopia is going to deal with it because like I said in the beginning, Ethiopia is like a very unique African country and it is very influential in the Horn of Africa region. And that is a region which has a lot of conflict at the moment in Yemen and in Somalia mm-hmm. and a lot of, how do you say, um, extremist groups. And if Ethiopia isn't strong and able to exert its influence to its neighbors, like how the philosophy of your... Prime Ministers, like if your neighbors' failures are your own failures too. So mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting to see how Ethiopia is going to play a really important part in that part of Africa in the next few years, which is super cool. So um, let's move to the next part, mm-hmm. which is a discovery sort of thing, which I made about Ethiopia. I First time I saw your king... Uh, king, your last king, I forgot his name. Could you replace that, please? Hala Selassie. was in like a music video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So there's this uh, reggae song mm-hmm. called uh, Rockstone. It's mm-hmm. sung by Bob Marley's son. It was, um, what was his name? It's not Damien. It was, his name was um, Stephen Marley. Mm-hmm. And in that music video, he shows like this African king and the Rastafari culture considers an African king. So I'll just, I, I, I made notes on that, how uh, Rastafari considers mm-hmm. your king to be, how do you say? Okay, I'll just read it. Hali Selesi Pervon, God of the Black Race. Halisalesi never regarded himself as God, nor did he adhere to Rastafari culture. Mm-hmm. Rastafarians regard Halisalesi one as God because Marcus Garvey's prophecy, 
Look to Africa where a black king shall be crowned, he shall be the redeemer, was swiftly followed by the ascension of Halisalisi as the emperor of Ethiopia. Halisalisi is regarded by Rastafarians as god of the black race. This is supported by Rastafarian idea that God himself is black, claimed by this biblical text. For the hurt of the daughter of people I am hurt, I am black, as astonishment has taken hold of me. Jeremiah 8.21 So this is, I think, the first time I kind of knew who this person was. Mm -hmm. And later on, I started noticing like all Rastafarian flags are the same color as Ethiopian flags. And in India, everyone is like... (laughs) into Bob Marley and the Rastafarian yeah. three-color thing. But I, it, it, for me, it was really cool, really late when I realized that he, like this Ethiopian culture, was being used as a religion and their doctrines was based on your king who was in Africa and they were in Jamaica, so far away. So what do you think of that, the Rastafari culture okay, and the um, use of Ethiopian heritage? Mm-hmm. Rastafari Makonnen was his name. Makonnen? Rastafari Makonnen, together, is Haile Selassie's other name. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rastafari is his name. It's his name? Yes. Okay. His name, Haile Selassie's name. And then uh, the the story is like this. I mean, we were told like, we were told like this. Um, Jamaicans were not having rain mm. for a long time. There was a drought. Mm-hmm. And then he flew to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. The time he... The time he landed in uh jamaica when he come out of the plane rain started wow and then that's when they start worshiping him oh he's god okay so that's how they start the story started yes oh and what do you guys think of like it is like a soft power in a way (laughs) where your culture is almost like a religion to a group of people in another part of the world what do you guys think about that Uh, there is a place which is called Shashamani in our country where the more Rastafari, Jamai, Jamaicans are there. Oh, Jamaicans come to live here? Yeah, they, they Shasha. come they, Shashamani. They, they see that place as the holy land. Oh, of this Rastafari culture? Yes. So, so they immigrate to Ethiopia? No, they, they come there like... Uh, they, come, they come there. So there, there are people from... You see the Rastafarian people there. Yeah, the deadlocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Rastafarian people do bring with them a lot of marijuana. <laughs> Is marijuana legal in Ethiopia? No, it's not legal. Uh, so I don't think they're going to enjoy Ethiopia too much. <laughs> oh, wait. So in 1950, Emperor Halisalesi donated approximately 500 acres of African soil to African-Americans who are victims of racism and injustice after their ancestors have been forced into slavery in the USA. Mm. Dude, this is really interesting. Because, how do you say it? And this town, so, which region is this town? Shashamani. Oramani, it's in Oromo. Yeah. Uh, yes. You've been here? Yes, I've been there. So is it like, does it feel like little Jamaica? Uh, <laughs> uh, I I I didn't go to exact place where mm-hmm. they are, but like, I was I was only like in a few places. Oh, dude, this is interesting. If I come to Ethiopia, I'll definitely go here just to see yeah. <laughs> what's up. I'll see some Rastamans and stuff. And 
this was really interesting and in the song also i noticed like um this 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 is the lyrics from the stone like never give up matawat king salasi blessing come suffering is a thing could be harder times go to widen your views and they also talk about so open up zion door ethiopia africa for sure liberate the poor the poor and there's so much references to mount zion ethiopia for sure children of israel children of israel mm-hmm. so they consider ethiopians to be the descendants of israeli the 12 tribes of something like that the descendants of israel is yeah, yeah that's when like they uh even Hazrat Salasi used to consider himself as a descendant of Israel. Mm. Yeah, because as I told you, uh Queen Sheba was pregnant with King Solomon's, Solomon's son. Mm-hmm. And then his his name was called Mini like the first. Mm-hmm. So his line was kings. Uh, so Hazrat so, Salasi is of that lineage. He used to say that he came from that line. Ah. That Jewish line. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's so cool. <laughs> that's it's like when your history is so long and so how do you say? It's biblical in a way. Yeah. Yeah, which is amazing. So, um let's talk about that small little dam you guys are building. <laughs> it is not actually small. <laughs> it's like it's going to change the course of the Nile River. It's yeah. big, it's mm-hmm. humongous. What's the scene of that? Um okay. Uh like for us most of our mothers they don't have light. They don't have electricity. They don't have the access for the electricity. Mothers? Yeah, when I say mothers, people. Okay. Like and then so you know in uh, Africa in Africa like not only in Africa in most part of the world the 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 burden is mostly on moms. Okay. Right. So. To take care of the family. Yes, to take care food. of the family, and then these moms, you know, they're carrying a lot of wood from place to place to to get fire, and then they're suffering actually. Mm. because there is no light you know we 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 all know how light makes life easier Easy, yeah yeah so we haven't been using this water like for so long we never used it you mean all your rivers yeah mm. our nile river mm-hmm. our blue nile river blue nile we call it abai mm-hmm. our country so now we're we're saying like let's build the dam so that our mothers get a light and they will stop this suffering. Mhm. And that's why we're building the dam mm-hmm. because we need electricity. And then to I mean at this time to cope up with the other world, to compete with the other world, we need electricity. It's not I mean without electricity things are not easy going and then we cannot continue like this without electricity. Right. Yeah, almost more than 65% of our our people doesn't get light. Really? Yes. Well, so that's why we're building the dam. Ah. And uh Egypt <laughs> has led a lot of problems with that saying like if the water percentage reduces in the Nile then it might affect the agriculture in Egypt and to an extent in Sudan. Mm-hmm. So how are you guys diplomatically dealing with this? Um 
Yeah, our diplomas are trying to negotiate with Egypt. Now the problem is the feeling time. Feeling time? Yeah, the feeling time. We're feeling the diamond water. A oh, feeling. Ah, okay. Yeah, so the feeling time is on the table, like for argument. Egypt is telling us to take so long to feel it. Mm. And uh, we're saying uh, that's too long. We cannot agree to that. Mm-hmm. We, we need to start, you know, you start, you, we, are, we are already building it, so we start to feel, we have to feel it and then we have to move on. But would this be a potential conflict problem between these countries in the future? This, if the water levels do decrease in downhill, downstream in Egypt and their agriculture gets affected, would it be a reason for concern of the geopolitical stability of this part of Africa? Mm-hmm. First of all, the the water was not constant all over the year, even before. Mm-hmm. Because where there is drought, it will reduce. Mm-hmm. It is not something constant that, that they used to get from the water. It was not constant at all. Right. Like it differs. Right. So whether the, the the whether the dam is built or not, they're not getting constant water. Mm. I mean, it differs within the climate where there is, you know, where there is harsh kind of weather, like it reduces where there is like more rain, it then it goes above. So, um, so and then it is it will not be reduced as they are saying it, as Egypt is saying, no, it will not reduce that way. And then they're, How can be they're, sure? they're also telling us to supply the same amount of water, which is impossible. Yes. Uh because like all over the year the water might not be the same yeah and building a dam naturally reduces the flow of water it, it does but like not to that extreme that there's they're reporting mm. it will reduce a little not to that extreme right yeah and then it's not that it will it will like will take their all agriculture or like they will not get any drop of water it will reduce a lot no right it is not like that of course it will reduce but not in that amount right and then um to be fair like if it is if the water is for all we have to use it for all we will sh- i mean we have to share it it is not that only one country we have to be dependent on it and then use it mm. only for themselves what what if other country also start asking about that the same water right yeah every every country what if they start like i okay i will use that water i will use water order what are they going to do about it right. they they can't say like no i am the only one who's going to use it they, i mean this is not this is not the diplomatic way like i think they, when you become a diplomat, this is going to be a really important issue you will have to deal with because That's true. in terms of self-interest of Egypt, mm-hmm. it would be a threat for them to have a big dam blocking the flow of water to Egypt. And from a self-interest of Ethiopia, it would be really important that you guys have a source of electricity, which yeah. 65% of your population mm-hmm. is not have, doesn't have access to. So And then in this 21 century... Is that we're not having that, like that much electricity, and then the treaty that used to 
that they used to bring up was like during the colonial yeah yeah, yeah. between the english and egyptians I believe. yeah and then um maybe this is not maybe i would say like this might not be diplomatic but like the colonialism time okay you can like for you you believe in colonialism so like mm. use it for us we don't believe in colonialism we're not colonized so we're not i mean we don't it's not like ethiopia <laughs> agreed with that it's yeah. like the english way. and then it is like a long ago if we say like let's not i mean if we say we're free of colonialism we also have to be free of their treaties and then their agreements right it is not only that you just free your people and then you're still following their agreement treaties and their rules right mm. that's interesting so one other thing which we told we'll come back to is your calendar yeah i could explain the ethiopian calendar yeah okay <laughs> the Ethiopian calendar is uh be seven years behind uh, the Gregorian calendar mm-hmm. uh, yeah and then our new year is on September because we I, I I think that that is because of uh I mean even the Israelis their whole their, their new year is on September is it September the 11th yeah ours and then it is like this we have 13 months yeah every month uh 12 or every 12 months every uh, every 12 months have she um 30 30 30 days days, yes Uh and then uh our last month the 13 months it have um five Five days days. what if it's a leap year for what in four years once it have six days oh yeah so what's the shortest month called pagumi is it mm, is it the last month or the first month it's the last month so you last it's like five days do you like have some celebration in the last five days of the year no it's like a normal month yeah normal months oh if i had like a five if if i had like a month which had just five days i'll be like Party, 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 party. <laughs> I'm partying whole month. Oh, and then like, you know, the um for the last month, uh, for example, landlords will not ask you for rent. <laughs> <laughs> this month is free. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Well what else can I ask about? Ethiopia. We're in 2013 now. 2013? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, let me tell you. Mm, 2014, <laughs> the World Cup is going to be won by Germany. <laughs> Wait, so, I don't know. Let's, I, from my notes, I just, I also have something really cool, which is like, you guys have something called the hyena feeding ritual in Hadar? Ah, uh, yeah, in um, Harari. Harari, yeah, yeah. Yes. Have you tried it? Have you been there? Yes. And you feel that? Have you? Yes. You feel a hyena? Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit! How was it? It was nice, you know. At first, you kind of, at first when you see them, you kind of feel scared, but like when you see them, they're they're not scary like they are they they like dogs (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) they're they're big right they're fucking big 
not that big of course they are big but like not that big and then you will see them like you know they will come on, on your and they'll shoulder. stand on your shoulders yeah. they'll stand on your shoulder and then the guy used to give them like in his mouth like <laughs> and then if you want to write try you can give you, you can give them like you uh, will hold a stick geez, and then on, and then, on this on on that on the end of the stick you will you will, oh. you will put the meat and then they will come in. oh my god if i go kissing hyenas my dog would get really <laughs> jealous i don't want to do that <laughs> well man so yeah. so um it's in Harari region yeah dude like that i i saw the videos and it was so crazy the guy was like throwing me yeah. and the hyenas would be like so chill yeah, around and him and then you will uh, he, he will also give you like um i don't know how to call it something which is made of um i don't know what to say like and then you will hold it and then you will you will sit you, you can sit or you can stand they will come and take the food the meat from it uh-huh. i feed them like that i was just holding it and then they come and then they were taking it oh god <laughs> how are hyenas are they cute and um, no, that's no. <laughs> <laughs> dude like hyenas are kind of like my favorite animals because really yeah dude they're so their eye is like a light oh reflector yeah oh and they're so savage man like they can't see it during the day so oh really yeah dude but hyenas are savages they like tear <laughs> fucking animals <laughs> inside out and they have the highest bite force mm-hmm. of all yeah they're still like yeah they kind of and, and, and do they, they have the laugh smile, right they laugh uh, yeah do, do they yeah. have the laugh like hey! yeah, yeah 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 they do really <laughs> yes god dude if i if i come to ethiopia i really want to i'm i want to chill with hyenas but they're also kind of scary but they're not like dogs you, you can't think they're like small dogs you can pet it like oh mucho, mucho. but he's like fucking big in the videos I saw, like the guys there and the hyenas, like mm. almost size at of that it. Way, at, at that particular place, like people are not scared of hyenas. Uh-huh. And the hyenas know that people are chill; they yes. don't yeah. want to eat them. God damn! And in hyenas, the cool thing is like it's a matriarchal society, so the there's no alpha male but an alpha female, and the social hierarchy is that whenever an animal is killed. The female, alpha female eats the most parts, mm-hmm. then her cub, the female cub eats the most parts, and then all the other females in that gang eats the most part. Only then the males yeah. get to eat. And they are hyper-masculine, the females. So the females are bigger than the males, and females are more dangerous and more aggressive. They're like hyper-testosteronized. And the most crazy thing is, when... Uh, hyena is, gives birth it's violent it's a violent process because their birth canals are like how do you say so small oh. that when the cub comes out it explodes and it takes a few days for the hyenas to heal um. and sometimes the cub dies because they get stuck in the canal and it suffocates so dude hyenas are crazy animals I, I'm just like fascinated with them and they're so crazy yeah uh, even when you see um like even the lions mm-hmm. the, the the female is like the, the dominant yeah. Yeah, yeah they do all the hunting they yeah, do all the work they, yeah <laughs> all the hunting and then um I, I you know one time our prime minister dr abby he was he actually built um a park 
like a huge park in the in uh Addis mm-hmm. and then like it is really a nice one because people start seeing like and then kind of he also arranged a museum mm. and then you know it is a, a good place i really want to go there like when uh, i go back because it was built after i came here uh, yeah so so what do tourists usually enjoy in ethiopia when tourists come to ethiopia what do they usually chill out of? uh they used to see church, mm-hmm. church yeah, like yeah. there's one church Lali underground Bala, right yes. like made from one one stone what's it called Lalibela. Lalibela, yeah, yeah. Well, that's they used beautiful. to see Aksum. Uh-huh. It's also built of one. Yeah, uh, it's like a tower. Yes. Ah. It's also built one. Uh, one Do they go to see the Ark? Huh? The Ark of the Covenant? Do they go to that church? Yes. Ah. They took go to that. And then there is... Um, there is... Um, I think... Lassila Dest. It's... It is a palace, old the old palace. Uh-huh. And then there is Juma Abadjufar. It is also a palace. Uh-huh. And then they used to see waters. In, in There is like a place called Arba Mint. It means we have 40 springs at one place. Like. Oh, wait, wait, let me just say it. What's it called? Arba Mint. Arba Mint? Yes. Arba Mint, city in Ethiopia. Yeah, and then they also see parks. Oh. But now, now you know, our Prime Minister, as I told you, he built like a park and then people are going there. And then the thing that I want to tell you was, um, he he was he he was trying to show us like what was going on and then there were hyenas and then there were lions uh-huh. and then on the key kind of key key it's not cage but like in the enclosure yeah yeah okay and then the hyenas because because they fight for a location they used to bite each other Mm. and then they used to kill each other Mm. and then but the lions they move like as a kingdom you know as like they they move together they Mm. don't fight for small small places Mm. they just move together Mm. and then they are so they're multiplying, but these hyenas, they're eating each other oh. because they, yeah. So when people are more concerned about only their tribes or their regions, that's what will happen. They will fight with others to expand only their regions. Mm. And then they start fighting each other and then, you know, just lose, lose. Uh-huh. But like when you are united as the lions, when you are united, when you move together, you you multiply. Damn, your prime minister is blowing a lot <laughs> lot of paddles and how to say at least yeah. You, as as a young person in Ethiopia, I think he might be setting a good example in yeah. a way through these how do you say uh, not anecdotes like allegories. I don't know. I don't I forgot the English word for it. Like setting examples through practical small yeah. stories that everyone can understand. That's how he talks. Like mm. he will mention some examples so. You will not forget what he say if you if you're listening to his mm. interviews and then that because he will mention something, then you will know. I mean, you will remember that thing. I kind of feel like you want to go back to Ethiopia and work yeah. under him as soon as you I, can. I, I I do. I really want to work. I I wish I like if they won this election because he's saying like if we are, if we didn't move, if we didn't win this election, that's obvious that we will give the power. 
to mm. the party which wins mm. so i'm sure he's going to do that like he's kind of person who who's not like tr- trying to stick to the power he's right. kind of saying like let's practice democracy let's practice peace because he was before he he called all the um opponent parties who were outside the country and they're like that so um i wish if they win and then if i get the chance to work with him yeah i think you would really enjoy that opportunity because yeah, I... you really care about the future of Ethiopia and oh. you've been you've been exposed to so much in Russia and I think you can add value to yeah, uh, as so. a diplomat for I, them. I hope so. Yeah, that would be really cool. So we are god we are almost at like 2 hours 18 minutes <laughs> <laughs> time flies. So what would you like to conclude? And then one thing that I didn't add when tourists come they also see dalo depression we do have a volcano what let, let, let me say that how do you say that dalo depression dalot dalol dalol mm. depression they also see uh the har the harari oh god what is this this is like a different planet <laughs> it's like sulfur chemicals huh yeah we do have volcano like we do have act, active volcano oh. it's a type of dalo depression This looks like a different planet. It's like lakes with salts and green this... and yellow. Yeah, have this... you been here? Uh I have been to Afar but like I didn't go to this particular place. And then Ethiopia is the I mean the origin of people. Origin of people. Yeah, they found Lucy there. Ah yeah, Lucy is from... there. Uh what's it like Homo habilis? So it's like cradle of civilization. <laughs> This one. Oh my god. Dude, that's like Danakli depression. Wow. That's so cool. It's there's something similar in Turkmenistan called Darwaza. It's also like a big hole with fire in it, but that's like man-made with gas coming out, but this is super cool. Yeah, that that one I've read about it. They were searching for gas oh, yeah and they gas. just <laughs> put an explosion <laughs> yeah, in and it's it, still uh, burning with gas right hell. now yeah door to hell yeah mm. well this is pretty impressive and um what do you think of india just just <laughs> to, just to put that there <laughs> what's up with india in ethiopia um, We know we know Indians we say like well Indians are cute people. Cute. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, so, I'm yeah. flattered. <laughs> <laughs> we say cute people and then rather than that we know them for um the movies. Mm. Yeah. In which language do you watch the movies? Is it dubbed into Amharic? Amharic. Yeah. Uh okay. Do you like it? I me yes like yeah when i was a kid i used to watch lot of indian movies oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but now no 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 once you reach a certain age you're like what bullshit is this <laughs> no, 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 i didn't say that <laughs> i didn't say that but like um yeah i mean and but this times i i only watch like short movies i, I don't even watch yeah. series we don't have time like, anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i don't like series just to yeah. so i only watch short movies. we are old we are old dubs <laughs> yeah. and i don't feel i i feel like 
sitting down and watching a movie for two and a half hours is so much work. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you're sitting down and spending two and a half hours in one thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. My our attention span has been so divided because of social media we can't do one thing for maybe if there was indians maybe when the music came i will stand and dance with them oh. <laughs> if i was indian <laughs> i would understand and do that movie Yo, like, as an indian i can safely say i need alcohol to dance <laughs> otherwise i don't well that's the thing well yeah and i, I just want to add like if you come to india and if you like wear a cap mm-hmm. most people are going to think you're indian yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually here people say like are you from india are you from cuba are you from madagascar are you from here like i was like no i am from <laughs> ethiopia and then they, they say like oh you look like indian yeah you look like sri lanka and you exactly. look like cuba and you look like madagascar exactly they actually confused they confused me like with one girl like i think she's from madagascar ah, yeah like yeah them. yeah dude i saw madagascar people yesterday they look so much like us <laughs> jesus i was like yo <laughs> you guys are so much like us and yesterday i put the poll out in my whatsapp like guess where the girls yeah. from i'll buy your beer answers were like um, latin america sri lanka bangladesh but one girl got it ethiopia yeah. in the first i was like yo how do you get that and she was like i made a guess but i don't know she she must have been like really she must have paid a lot of attention to yeah. how you looked and she got it right so uma if you're listening i'll buy you a beer when i get back home <laughs> <laughs> yo that was pretty intense so yeah so would you like to add anything else to the audience before we conclude um please come and visit our beautiful country full of story history history and i might i might also forgot or like uh, something that i didn't talk but like if you come to our country you can see and get more knowledge about our country and then we're a very very guest receiving people yeah i agree <laughs> ethiopians are generally chill people they're very friendly and they once you start talking there's no stopping them they just keep on talking <laughs> Yeah, so please come and visit our country. Thank you so much. Yeah, do. Ah, one thing that I forgot. Even your name means like in Oromifai, your name have a meaning. It means like thinking. God damn! <laughs> thinking. Yeah. Thinking uh, that's profound. Someone. Or oh jeez. Yeah. That's my life. <laughs> thinking about missing somebody. <laughs> wow. Could you could you write my name just before we conclude? In Amhari. Yeah. I'll just see. So it's only two letters. Oh, it's only two letters. Yeah, I like to keep things short. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is your father's name? Uh, Prashid. Prashid. Yeah, do. Prashid. Okay. Oh, this looks. This looks kind of in like an alien language which <laughs> when the aliens invade us I think they're going to be like you already know one of our languages <laughs> it's a language in Ethiopia and they're going to make it like this like the how do you say the common language for all humans and oh. when you're under alien subjugation so I should start learning and my name looks beautiful in your language and 
Well, yeah. Thank you so much, Debs. Thank it's you. been a pleasure Thank talking you. to you. And I really enjoyed Ethiopia. It was one episode which I was really looking forward to because mm-hmm. Ethiopia is such a fascinating country. And I got to learn a lot, a lot more now than I learned before. And I hope our audience also had like a fun ride with us and they got to learn more. And I also hope that they would visit Ethiopia and see more of the cool places. Maybe feed some hyenas, have a laugh with the, have a beer with the hyena <laughs> and just chill. So, yeah. And I think that would be a good way to finish the 17th episode of Machan vs. the World podcast. And that was Ethiopia. See you next time, wherever in the world we might be. Thank you. Bye.